I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. What is The Great Reset? And why is the World Economic Forum pushing it? What should you know about the World Economic Forum? I think by now everyone saw during COVID as well as with this green agenda that all of these countries are pushing, there seems to be a lot more authoritarians in the Western world. We, we were supposed to be democracies. We were supposed to be free countries. But from Justin Trudeau in Canada to here in the United States with Joe Biden. I almost forgot the dude's name. I I wish he didn't exist, but uh, here we are. So Joe Biden, uh, they're dictators, right? Uh, He's trying to take us from a previously free constitutional republic to uh, a banana republic. And that's where we are. So we're going to get into all of these questions about the Great Reset and the World Economic Forum with the guy who has a docu-series about it. He's a, a filmmaker with Rebel News. His name is Kian Simone. And he's out with this huge docu-series exposing the Great Reset, going into detail. One of the documentaries is about the technological reset and how a lot of these guys are trying to use technology to control human behavior. And you might say, hey, that sounds a little crazy, but, you know, does it? I mean, look at the health passes in in countries uh, around uh, the world. And using that to, to control behavior, to deny access, to, to follow people, to track people, to figure out who else you were around. And if you watch the docu-series, it's putting a lot of these people in their own voices, just playing clips from a lot of these things that these individuals who are tied to the World Economic Forum are saying in their own words about their agenda, about what they want to do, about their goals, their ambitions for not just their country, but the world. So uh, with that, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Kian Simone. 
who put together the docuseries on The Great Reset. Listen. So we've got uh, Kian Simone. I think I finally got it. We were working. I was trying to make sure, Kian, that I said the name correctly. <laughs> I tend to butcher things. So I think I finally got it, right? We're, we're Yeah, perfect. We're Okay, so you, so you uh, are, are a filmmaker for Rebel News, and I saw this on my Instagram, and I, I watched a first couple of the episodes. Full disclosure for the folks listening, uh, you know, we're recording this a little bit early. I'm not sure when we're going to put it out. I had a, you know set plans for the schedule for the podcast releasing, and then the FBI decided to raid Trump. So here we are. But you've got this great docu-series on the World Economic Forum. Uh, why did you decide to put this together? What spurred it for you? Yeah, I mean, there's a long story and there's a short story. I guess to do the short story first, um, no one else is doing it. It's uh, when when you Google this kind of stuff, you'll see some um, pretty wacky stuff on uh, on platforms that aren't aren't YouTube. And then when you go to YouTube, you'll just see uh, weird vloggers talking about it. So I'm I was like, let's make something highly produced. Let's make something digestible for younger people and for quote unquote normies that. Uh, that can really get into the gist of, of what the World Economic Forum is. Um, I really started from when my dad got me the book that Klaus Schwab wrote, COVID-19, The Great Reset. And I never picked it up. I was like, why, why would I read this? I know what's going on. I, I'm living it. And then uh, my buddy at work, he, he sent me a picture of the book. He said, we should do something on this. I was like, well, that's a sign because I have the book already. So um, me and him just kind of got the uh, spurred some ideas together of how we're going to do this. And then we recruited our um, correspondent in the UK because he has a nice accent to be the narrator. And uh, I guess it's just, it's been like that from there. He does have a great accent. Um, so <laughs> yeah. so we'll, we'll start from, you know, sort of the basics and kind of get into to more of the details of uh, the docuseries. But, you know, let's start with the, the basics. You know, what is the World Economic Forum? Yeah, so it's a, a conglomerate of radical left um, people who who want to who want to change the world in, in the eyes of their image, if that makes sense. Um, it's spearheaded by Klaus Schwab, who in 1960s, I believe, um, might be 70s, um, went to a Harvard class uh, funded by the CIA and Henry Kissinger, and he was recruited from there to take on um, what was once the European Symposium which was what the World Economic Forum is um, today, as like a conglomerate of elites who go there yearly, annually, um, to talk about issues, um, whether that issues be uh, the possibility of global catastrophe, uh, climate change. Um, I think anybody listening can name the rest of what the left um, spews out. They've been spewing this since the 70s. Um, I think it really kind of got its tracks when uh, the Bilderberg Group, or the Rockefeller, sorry, um, uh, released the book Limits to Growth, uh, which basically uh, made the case for overpopulation. You know, the, we, we need to we need to skew the number down a little bit, um, so our resources are okay. And, and the World Economic Forum kind of piggybacked it. Uh, so it, it the the radical ideologies didn't just spawn um, in the past 10, 20 years when when this stuff kind of became popular or acceptable um, by the, uh, the the complacent on the right and the and the center. Um, I think that pretty much sums it up. They meet in Davos, Switzerland. It's beautiful there. I wish they didn't have to meet there. Um, but what what the docu series itself, 
would be about would be their idea of what they call a great reset. And they spawned this idea actually in 2014. Um, they waited for an excuse, which we all know what the excuse was for them to, uh, in 2020, radically change five pillars of our society, whether that be economic, environmental, technological, geopolitical, or societal. Um, they have essentially influenced in all of our cabinets all around the world, no matter what country it is. They've very strategically placed themselves in, uh, or or their their people inside our governments to be able to enact this plan. And I think a lot of people really started uh, paying attention to you know sort of globally. You had all these leaders, particularly in the West, uh, sort of like this rise of authoritarianism that we saw during 2020 with COVID. And I, I think more people started paying attention to, huh, maybe this is a collaborative front. Yeah, that, that's exactly it. And and that um, really ties into what the Great Reset um, lays out. And like I said, it's something that's been um, at least spoken about in public in 2014, right? So it, it was a planned, coordinated um, idea. It, it, it is a actual plan that is in place that they actually do talk to governments and influence governments. We did a uh, what you would call a Freedom of Information Act. We call it an ATIP here in Canada. We did it on uh, Justin Trudeau and, and Klaus Schwab, and, and there you have it. They actually have internal communication between the two of uh, what Justin Trudeau should be saying about whether it be gender ideology or or diversity and, and really just those those leftist things that you would that you would imagine that were there, they were there. Well, and ironically, you know, these Western nations are supposed to be free, <laughs> like democracies. And you look at people like Trudeau and and even Biden here, and I mean, they're dictators. You know, talk about some of the stuff that uh, Canada has been through uh, with Justin Trudeau's overreach. Well, yeah, I thought uh, I thought we were beating you guys until FBI rated Trump of uh, being uh, being less free. <laughs> we we win. <laughs> Just kidding. it's a race to the bottom. But yeah, I, I uh, Justin Trudeau, um, you know, we could go back years, but I can talk about through COVID. Um, I think it all started with uh, the snitch line. Um, you can call this number on your neighbor so that, uh, you know, the cops show up at their door and give them hefty tickets, not just like, hey, quiet down. Um, you're not supposed to be here. Can you please disperse? It's like a Here's five thousand dollars, so you can't make rent for the next three months. Here's ten thousand dollars, so that you know um, your life is ruined because you you met with someone for a beer. Um, and then it kind of transformed into uh, his rhetoric of of people. You know, you guys were lucky. You had um, Donald Trump through the first onset of COVID-19, um, where the rhetoric wasn't there, but your media was was terrible. But we had media and government both simultaneously singling out people who were. Um, and it wasn't just the people who were who were vocal; it was people who were questioning things, who, who by on by themselves were sitting in their room or their living room, saying, "I'm not sure if I'm really on board with this." And the amount of like psychological attacks that they went through in Canada from the media of, um, you know, you're killing grandma. Like I, I I'm preaching to the choir here. I understand that uh, America went through the same thing, but here it's it, it was a lot different, in my opinion. No preach. I think at that time was was when I really uh, you know woke, woke up to that kind of stuff, um, and then the vaccine um, vaccine came out and the rhetoric here was a lot different again in the states. In the states, it said I think you know what is it like 74 million people in the states haven't got it, um, 130 million never got their uh, booster shot. 
here in Canada, I think we're down to three million people who haven't got it. Um, and 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 it's not about if you got it or not, because you know I, I I personally don't think that matters. I think it's uh it's it's what came after that with the the crackdown of of the people who didn't get it. So we all had vaccine passports. You had it in the states, but here in Canada, it was it was no matter what province you were in, which is like what we would call a state, um, or what you would call a state, no matter where you were, um, you could not escape it. And it got to the point where you were not allowed to get on a plane, a train, if you weren't vaccinated. My, I live in Alberta. My mom lives in Ontario. My 96-year-old great-grandmother lives in Ontario. I'm not able to see her. Well, wasn't able to see her for two years because I couldn't get on a plane. Couldn't get on a train, and I'm not, I'm not driving through the winter at, at 48 hours, right? Um, we still, at this time, uh, can't leave the country and get back in without having to quarantine and be subjected to people knocking on our door at 8 o'clock in the morning every day um, to make sure that we're home. We we need to test uh, twice, once on the, the third day and once on the eighth day. And if that uh, comes back positive, we're back again for another 14 days quarantining. Um, the mandates got so far to, uh, as it did with the states of nurses and doctors and teachers and uh, police officers, firefighters, and then it got to our truckers. And boy, was that, ex boy, was that exciting. Um, the truckers uh, used CB radio and uh, basically coordinated a big protest to, to drive from BC, uh, British Columbia, uh, which is uh, right above Oregon, I believe, and then uh, all the way over to Ottawa, which is uh, right above New York State. Um, so that's pretty far. It was ten, tens of thousands of truckers. That was cool to watch with uh you know what the truckers were doing and standing up for freedom but you know the government really cracked down on them and uh punished them yeah that's uh that that's exactly where where um where we're at with with how the government reacts to dissidents they um they enacted an emergency act which is a, is a war act it hasn't and the it hasn't been used since the 70s of when there were actual domestic terrorists um bombing regular people in in plazas and killing politicians you know shooting them in the head and it was a big coordinated terrorist attack on uh, one of our provinces quebec and they they reenacted that act because people were protesting in ottawa it was sure it was a hundred thousand people and, and they blocked up the city um they they when they put through that act they started seizing bank accounts like banana republic type actions um, making sure that you wouldn't have insurance ever again, um, so that you can never drive your truck. And these are people who feed us. These are these are truckers. They 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 put food on our table. Um, it went as far as having like military police, like big, not like tanks you'd see in Iraq, but like tanks that you'd see with like a big heavy machine gun, machine guns inside, of uh, big armored vehicles. Like why why would you need that for for literally a peaceful like a a very peaceful protest. They were they stood by their peace, and that's and that's just a, the the grand example of, of what we're dealing with from Justin Trudeau here in Canada. Quick commercial break. Back with Kian on the other side. I'm Katia Adler, host of the Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Well, and I really think that the World Economic Forum and sort of this global collaboration is uh, really strengthening these authoritarianism or these authoritarians, because what's happening is, you know, Joe Biden looks at what's happening with Justin Trudeau and he's like, oh, I, you know what I mean? Like they're like encouraging each other, whereas if they were doing it alone, I think the rest of the world might more easily condemn it. But in, instead, they're sort of collectively uh, really enacting and uh, accelerating this jump to towards authoritarianism in, in previously free countries. Do you think that's an accurate statement to make? I think it's very accurate. Um, it actually plays right into one of the pillars of the Great Reset. And this is written by Klaus Schwab, uh, the geopolitical reset. Um, and that, that's exactly it. It's, it's changing the, the relationship that governments have with um, corporations, which you know uh, can help them with the censorship that they love to do. And then changing their social contract with people so that we view government differently. We, we can view them more as a, as a boss rather than a, uh, a regulator or, or whatever we view them as now. Um, it's, yeah, very accurate. <laughs> well, and I want to play this clip from one of the episodes talking about the use of technology. I, I really like the hairs on my arms stood up uh, while I was watching this. Let's play it. And then I, I want to talk to you about it afterwards. While augmenting our bodies with technology changes how we define humanity and recreating the human experience digitally changes how we define reality, 
These advances raise new ethical questions surrounding the possibilities of exploitation. You know, the customer is always right. In the end, corporations say customers have free will. But once corporations and governments have the ability to hack humans, then there is no longer free will. So first of all, who is that guy we just heard at the end? Talk a little bit about him. And then before people say, oh, this is, you know, conspiracy, that's literally just someone who's connected with the World Economic Forum laying it out. So, uh, you know, first of all, who is that guy? And then why is that important? Yeah, that's uh, Yuval Noah Harari. Um, He's the most atrocious person at the World Economic Forum. He is a um, historian uh, from Israel who, um, I, I don't know, I don't remember how he phrases it. He He's a historian that learns from the future. Or so, it's like, it's it's weird. It's, he says weird things sense, like that. Yeah. yeah, he, uh, <laughs> um, basically, uh, his thesis is that humans um, can only be led by lies. Uh, he says that one of his, one of his uh, famous sayings is, fake news has been with us for thousands of years just look at the bible and you know you can you can you can agree or disagree and and um we can still all be friends of of about religion but the fact that he's so anti-god yet can talk about hacking humans and playing god really kind of puts together this full circle of what are we really dealing with here so Yuval Noah Harari um, being a historian and, and learning from you know dictators and and uh, fascist governments and, and stuff like that, he always uh, re- relates the technological upcoming technological reset to previous dictators, and 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 it, it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense of uh, of of he's trying to come off as this good guy and then he's saying um, dictators could never do this, but now we can. It's like well, what are you, what are you, who are you talking to here, buddy? Right? But but it gets into the mindset of these guys because essentially the way they view us is, you know, we're just like they're peasants, right? Like they, the whole point of the World Economic Forum is that these people know better, right? Like we should be subservient to them. They're the ones that are smart. They're part of the elite. They're part of academia. They're, you know what I mean? Like these are the people who should be ruling the world and the rest of us just shut up and submit. Um, it's actually quite the contrary of uh, of of how they view us um, with the with the upcoming uh, technological reset. That is, and this is words from Yuval Noah Harari, is that previously when when you didn't get on board with things, uh, whether it be thousands of years ago and you could you know become a serf or a slave, or hundreds of years ago become a serf or a slave, he says that um, with the upcoming changes, you won't even have to be uh, a serf or a slave because you'll be irrelevant. You, they, they won't. He says they won't even need you as, as a slave, and that, that really just plays into um, what the technological reset is. Is that it's, it's the replacing, the replacement of society. It's the replacement of humans with um, AI and technology. And it sounds like a movie, but that's exactly what they're trying to do. And I, I lay it out in the, in the documentary there, of. Uh, of why they want to do that, right? It's it. They think that we are irrelevant when we, when we're not playing into their hand. Well, and, and then what does that do to to humans when you degrade someone like that? You take away their worth, you take away their job, you take away their ability to feed their family. I mean, you've essentially destroyed their lives. Well, and, and you're right, and it's it's an amazing question because um, I don't even think there's an answer to it yet. Um, that plays into the societal reset that they're they're striving for. You know, 
for the last 10 years when all this uh, technological advancement has come through, um, blue-collar workers are like, hey, what the hell, man? Um, you know, where are our jobs going? But no one's talking about the white-collar workers either, the people who are in the offices. I think they're less um, they're less needed when, when, when this technology comes through because why would we need someone doing data? Why would we need someone plugging numbers into a computer when a, com when a computer could just do it itself? Um, but I think that gets into every collar of worker, whether it be red collar too, like governments, um, people in the government who are good people, they're going to be deemed irrelevant. They, they're not going to have a job either because if they're not going to be playing into the hands of, of what's coming, um, they're gone. So I think it affects every single person on the earth. And, and I know that's a very um, big statement to say, but I really do. Well, and I was even, you know, I, I didn't sign up for any of the uh, health app apps. Uh, you know, I turned off my COVID tracking on my phone. Not like it probably matters. You know, like they just, they like track your every movement. But we've already seen in countries like China, obviously those systems abused. I mean, you know, they, they would intentionally... Uh, basically tell people they had COVID when they didn't to stop protest, to, you know, sort of uh, to stop dissent and, and those sorts of things. You know, how much a lot of this is about, you know, setting up a, a social credit score in these various countries? It, it is. It's a uh, digital ID. It's um, not a conspiracy anymore. Canada already has it. Um, all of our provinces have gone through with it. Um, I don't think there's any stopping it either. Um, but yeah, I think it, it all came from the vaccine passport of, of just getting people used to showing their papers at the door. Um, you know, you're not vaccinated, so you can't go to, to the restaurant or to the bar without without showing uh, all, all of your documentation, without ex uh, exposing your, your sovereignty. Um, so, yeah, I, th I think that it all plays into their little game of um, digital identity. And they Trojan and this is this is like the, the, the worst part about it is that they use Africa as an excuse the Trojan horse digital ID onto the entire world because Africans don't have identification. And they see they deem that as a problem that we all have to face or that we all have to suffer from instead of everybody coming together and saying, let's just help Africa with that. But no, they, they want to turn it around and say, everybody should be on the same thing if Africa's on this. Um, and then yes, to the social credit system, um, I don't think it would be as, as uh, harsh as China's. I don't think that um, I think that people would would push back and there would be some weird middle ground that we would find. Um, I can't um, back up that statement, but that's just how I feel about that. But I do think that, um, especially what we saw from in in Canada at least, who already has digital identity, when we don't uh, agree with the government, they could freeze our bank account just like that. So now they have access to everybody's bank accounts with a if if digital ID rolls out to the entire country then um, they just all they have to do is scroll our social media and say, oh, I don't like what he said. You can't buy food for your family anymore. I mean, we've essentially uh, traded our freedom and our liberty for ease with technology. That's exactly right. And that's what they're striving for. Another clip of his is um, talking about um, the eradication of privacy. And he says um, the KGB couldn't do it, but now we can. Um, privacy is, is no more like we can eradicate privacy as, as we know it. And I think that um, people hear that kind of stuff and, and I think I'm one of them who say that I don't think we have privacy anyway. But um, what, what's interesting about it is the fact that he always plays into the, the hacking of people. And I think that it goes a lot deeper than when what people um, think of when they hear that. It's like, oh, they'll hack us, so they'll um, 
you know, they, they can move our arm when they want to kind of thing, but they can really, it, that really goes into your neurological pathways that goes into your brain and make you start believing things that you don't believe. And I think that that's what they do, that they want to do when um, this stuff goes out and, and people like me and you who won't give up our freedom for ease, well, we'd have to in, in, the, in that sense. We'd have to once we're hacked, right? And it's it's just it's just an insane um, conversation to be having in my lifetime. I feel you know. So out of the five pillars, and uh, you know, after putting together this docu series and doing the amount of research you've done, uh, what worries you the most? I think we're we're already living through um, the worst part. If you want me to be honest, and I, I might sound um, what do the kids say like white pilled. I'm uh, I'm not the doom I'm not the doom and gloom about this. I I I do think that a lot of what they're doing is inevitable. Um, but I I really do just think that it's the technological aspect of it of of the AI um, that scares me the most. Um, I think that would be because it's a irreversible avenue to go down. It's an irreversible path of creating consciousness that isn't um, natural. I think that, um, and I start sounding like Elon Musk here, but I, I think that they would treat us like ants. I think that we would be treated like ants. And I don't think that the world, I know, I understand the World Economic Forum talks about safety a lot when working with AI. But, uh, you know, I, maybe I've just seen too many movies and just to face the fact that it's actually happening in real life, that they are doing weird things like that of, of replicating the human experience um thinking that our highest means are in artificially created consciousness i think that's what scares me the most as, as, a, as a long answer wrapped up there <laughs> well it's also i mean you know, a lot of this stuff has been going on in, in terms of even just like propaganda right like the things we watch the things we read the things that they reinforce you know time and time time again sort of change our perspective i mean they're sort of warping they've always sort of tried to warp or vision and the things that uh, you know we see and read. I mean, you look at the the news media, the propaganda we're fed uh, here in the United States. Uh, but one thing I thought was interesting is Klaus Schwab's ties to the CIA. Yeah, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say uh, directly, um, but just from the CIA-funded program. <clears throat> sorry, of uh, you know wanting to find somebody to to host these annual meetings. Um, I, I, I do think it's it just goes to the extent of that of uh, Klaus Schwab's and in, in like how he's involved with uh, what the CIA was back then um, I, I don't think it would go any further but I do I do see how it comes full circle of why wouldn't the CIA want every world leader and um, tech uh, technological advancer and, and company leaders all in one room right that sounds like a that sounds like a pipe dream for the CIA that sounds like the best thing ever for them they, right? So I, I think that um, they had their own agenda with with why they wanted to create that. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say that uh, Klaus Schwab is you know working with the CIA or anything. What else should people know about the World Economic Forum? There's just so much. Um, I think uh, I think one of my most favorite parts about it is the Young Global Leaders Program. Um, they have a Young Global Leaders Program and they have a technology technology pioneers program. We're basically the same thing of, of recruiting people or businesses when they're young, um, saying that, you know, 
we have a lot of interest in you. You you look like you have a lot of potential. Um, start coming to these um, forums for two years, and like learn with us and and talk with us, exchange ideas. And uh, you know it doesn't sound as bad as it sounds, um, but it, it it is because when you bring in these people who are who are just you know maybe they're brilliant minds and brilliant people, and then you bring them into this room full of um, people who hate God and people who hate humans and people who hate oil and gas, people who hate with uh, who hate um, you know our farms, people who hate the way that we we treat animals. Um, all of these ideologies kind of get like pushed into them and then when they do become influential you know where their mind's at now because of the world economic forum um some examples of gun global leaders from the world economic forum would be ivanka trump which blows my mind um and to say that there's there's a bunch of young global leaders you can go justin trudeau the president of argentina uh, the president of france the president of uh finland or the prime minister of finland sorry the Prime Minister of Netherlands, like these are actual influential people, I would say. Um, Mark Zuckerberg, um, supposedly Elon Musk, but that kind that kind of got wiped off the internet. But we found I found some archived stuff that suggests that he was one too. And I wouldn't say that if you're a, a young global leader that you're bad. Um, but but I would say that anybody, I would say to anybody, like look at who is running your city, who is running your town. Like they they are every they are everywhere. And it's not to say that they all meet up in one room uh, once a year and, and, you know, try to destroy you, like find ways to destroy you. It's just now you know where their mind is at and you should be more wary of them. Um, one more example of the techno technology pioneers, uh, the other side of the Young Global Leaders program is when they grab the small companies um, right when they're starting and then they bring them to forums for two years and basically hype them up and, and, and teach them things. Um, Examples of that would be Spotify, Twitter, Google, Wikipedia, and look at how all of those companies turned out to be, who they turned out to be, what ideologies they face, who they keep on their program, uh, on their platforms, who they kick off their platforms. Um, I think it all comes full circle back to the World Economic Forum. I'm not saying each of these individuals are trying to destroy people, but collectively these policies do. I mean, I, I don't know if there's a more destructive force than some of these green policies that they're trying to push. Essentially what it does is impoverish societies, gives government control, and you know, it's just the basically the intent of it is population control. That's exactly right. And another, there's the next pillar, environmental, right? Um, phasing out oil and gas to reach uh, net zero, which is um, like my least favorite thing to s that comes out of my mouth. It's uh, I live in Alberta. Um, it's I think the third largest oil reserve in the world, and uh, we don't pump out to Canada. We Canada doesn't take our oil. We 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 take oil from the Middle East because our governments are telling our people that oil is so bad. That we shouldn't be doing, like we shouldn't be grabbing it from us because we're producing so much carbon, or whatever. I don't even know. And then we go and take it um, from Saudi Arabia and Iran, where they throw gay people off a cliff. And then here they talk about um, how we need to be more diverse and stuff like that. You know, like it's just, it's just such a weird um, thing that just, just comes like again, full circle back to the World Economic Forum and the UN of their their net zero policies. It's it, it will destroy us. It's like the agenda. Uh, what is it? Twenty thirty, right? 
yeah, that's the uh, the popular popular word that that's that's where they're going, and that and that just doesn't just come with the climate change aspect too. Like that also comes with their planning on releasing um, like they gatekeep technology to basically all the way until 2030 as well. Um, you'll see in the documentary uh, the the uh, CEO of uh, Nokia he says that smartphones as we know it by 2030 will will be no more instead of that it'll just be inside of our bodies and like i mean there's sure there's two aspects to that but i i really want to focus on that 2030 like date like why that date and that's why i think that we're in the thick of it right now of these things need to be radically changed now so that we can start accepting things by then how do they come to that date do you know i don't know i think it's weird um i know a lot of it's to do with the un uh i know in the 90s that they talked about it was called uh, Agenda 21, um, which is um, my presumption would be it would be 2021. And then all of a sudden it's Agenda 2030. And I think they just changed it for PR reasons because um, us conspiracy theorists called it out way back then. <laughs> Quick break. More on The Great Reset. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. But see, that's the thing is I, I feel like yesterday's conspiracy theory is like today's truth. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
with like all of this stuff like I, I I'm not gonna lie I you know if I would not see myself having this conversation like seven years ago but uh, a lot's happened and my eyes are open and I am awake and I think a lot of Americans are waking up to the you know the things that are happening around them I, I think we've really just had this gigantic curtain being pulled back on the way these corporations work the way our governments work and they don't work for us anymore and I, I think that's the scary thing no, I, I agree, and uh, it sounds controversial, but I think COVID-19 was a very great blessing upon us. Well, I think it's opened a, a lot of, I mean, you know, I, I used to think America was immune to tyranny, and uh, I was wrong, so, yeah, like, very, very wrong, and, uh, you know, found out, very, you know, I, I give a lot of credit to uh, some of these guys, like, you know, Ron Paul and Rand Paul and, you know, Thomas Massey and a lot of these guys who were way early on this stuff, and you know, had it right and remained consistent. So, you know, kudos to those guys for, uh, you know, recognizing that uh, centralized government is the death of liberty and freedom. So, uh, you know, we kind of always knew it, but they just uh, really saw it in a way that a lot of people didn't. Uh, you know, what do you hope people take from the docuseries? Yeah, I mean, uh, if you were to watch the two episodes right now, you would learn a lot, sure. Um, but you wouldn't you wouldn't uh, come out of it happy or uh, or feeling like a good feeling of of uh, oh my life is now screwed right like that's how you that's how you're gonna come out of it um, and I kind of do that on purpose because and uh, and what you'll take out of it and I'll spoil the ending here um, I spoil it on every show I do I think it's very important to to spoil it um, Klaus Schwab wrote in his book about something called quantum politics and quantum politics works just like quantum physics of there's um, basically infinite there's so many possibilities and uh, you can never narrow it down quantum politics works just like that by there are eight billion people in the world and uh, something I always um, bring up the analogy of is that there are 250 million on Twitter 300 million on Instagram and I think 450 million on Facebook that's not a lot of people that's really not a lot of people if you really look at the grand scale of these things and what kind of plays in how that plays into the quantum politics is that sure like we see everybody's opinion we see um, what everybody believes in and and maybe there's echo chambers and maybe there's um, you know big fights about about uh, policy or or about you know do we love Biden or not um, but there are no. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many people in this earth who have dreams aspirations and a line in the sand and I think that the line in the sand applies for everybody. When they start coming for all the collared workers, the blue collar workers, the white collar workers, I think that they'll be the first to, to stand up. But it, it even gets down to, you know, the scarlet, um, scar scarlet scarf worker, collar worker, the people who get naked in front of a camera for a living. And I always bring that up because that's how far it goes as one day they won't be able to do that or one day it's going to mess with them, too. And that and that um, and that I think will. Will will pr provide people with a perspective of have that hope that all 8 million people um, have like a have that line in the sand where they can they're gonna say no one day and and they're, they'll stand with you too and I think that um, people need to hold the line until then because Klaus Schwab already admitted that this is where things fail that people have the innate uh, need for freedom and every dictator has fallen everybody falls every um, fascist government falls none of them work and the technocrats will fall too um, just because of our need for freedom as as humans, and eight million of us is is a pretty 
eight billion, sorry, of us is a is a pretty big number that not a lot of people put into perspective. Well, and the time to say no is now, you know, before this all gets worse and, and before they, they reach the, the 23rd deadline or 2030. Where, where can people find the docuseries and uh, support your work? Yeah, so the docuseries is at exposetheresetcom Um we're completely crowdfunded for that docu series, uh, so if you uh, if you like it and you want to chip in ten dollars or a hundred dollars, that's there's a there's an option there. Um, and then you can find me personally on Twitter at KeenSimone44. It's where I'm most active and share a lot of uh, World Economic Forum stuff. Um, just a quick shameless plug here, just because it releases today. I, I have another documentary coming out about the the farmers in the Netherlands. Um, this is what the Great Reset actually looks like in action rather than just listening to a bunch of clips of old dudes telling you how to live you can actually see um, real people get affected by this real policies that they're trying to enact and you can watch that at farmerdocumentary.com so ken simone uh thanks for joining the show everyone go check out his docuseries expose the reset.com <laughs> interesting i mean look a lot of people say these you know it's oh it's a you know a conspiracy all this different stuff but like all you have to do is go listen to some of these people in their own words I and mean, you even have the Biden administration admitting that the reset on the green agenda is for the liberal order etc etc so uh just listen to them in their own words so Appreciate you guys uh, listening every Monday and Thursday. You can listen to The Truth with Lisa Booth. I want to thank my producer, John Cassio, for putting all this together. Please leave us a review. Rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. I always love hearing from you. Until next time. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play are you on the hunt for a new home this spring but don't know where to start fisher homes is your solution your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space start your journey by selecting your ideal home site like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans bring it all together at our lifestyle design center let fisher homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com the wait is almost over Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. 
2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.